Thank you, Zach. Good morning, church family. Good morning. Way to brave the snow and be out here today. One of, uh, this is Thanksgiving uh, week, and one of my life's verses just happens to be 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So when I got creamed in the face by a dead branch this, uh, this weekend, and uh, my vision was blurry for a good minute, uh, but then it came back, I actually thought of this verse. Give thanks in all things, God. Give thanks. Uh, what a Thanksgiving verse to begin with today. Uh, it is Thanksgiving week, and we're going to have a little fun today. And for that fun, everyone needs a bulletin because there is a game piece on the back of your sermon notes. So if you didn't get one yet, Chris Rager is ready to put one in your hand. Just raise your hand. Everybody needs sermon notes today, and he's got them for you. Let's enjoy Thanksgiving a little bit today. On the back of your sermon notes, if you pull those out, you're going to see Thanksgiving bingo. That's right. This is going to spice up our sermon note taking today. First, thank you to the 56 hands and feet, the 5th and 6th graders on Wednesday night for this idea from which it came. And now in today's Here's the instructions. In today's Thanksgiving message, I'm going to say a number of things that we have to be thankful for. Things uh, kind of temporal in this life, things eternal, and everything in between. I'm going to say a lot of things. The instructions are throughout the message, you'll have to be attentive. Uh, but flip over anything I say that God gives us or to be thankful for and write them down throughout the message. You have 24 spaces to fill, and I don't think I have 24 of them. So if, if you don't get 24, just write down some other big things that you're thankful for. And um, we're going to include those as well, some of the main big ones that you may write down. We will have a prize for whoever shouts bingo. That's going to be at the end of the sermon, and it'll be a good time. So watch for that conclusion. But this is going to keep you listening. Get your pens ready. Get your hearts ready, because here we go. Thanksgiving 2022 together as a church family. Part of the origins of this holiday in America go back to the year 1623. The following proclamation of Thanksgiving was made by Governor William Bradford of the Plymouth Colony in 1623. That's three years after the pilgrims settled at Plymouth. Bradford's proclamation was this, and you're going to hear some bingo answers in there, so be ready to write them down. He said, 1623, to all ye pilgrims, inasmuch as the great Father has given us this year an abundant harvest of Indian corn, wheat, peas, beans, squashes, and garden vegetables, and has made the forest to abound with game and the sea with fish and clams. You don't have to write down the fish and clams and all that, but abundant harvest was in there. Inasmuch as he has protected us, has spared us from pestilence and disease, and has granted us freedom to worship God according to the dictates of our own conscience. Now, I, your magistrate, do proclaim that all ye pilgrims, with your wives and ye little ones, do gather at ye meeting house on Thursday, November 29th of the year of our Lord, 1623, and the third year since ye pilgrims landed on Plymouth Rock, there to listen to ye pastor... And render thanksgiving to ye almighty God for all his blessings. Now, community grace, open ye Bibles to Psalm 103. 
And that's where we're going to be today, just the first five verses of Psalm 103. So the pilgrims of our country, three years after the landing at Plymouth Rock and three years of hard farming and starving to death, many did die of hunger and exposure, but they were thankful this third year in for abundant harvest. That's an answer. Lots of yummy food. Praise God. Those who had not died from disease or attacks were thankful for protection that they had received from God. Protection. And most of all, they were thankful for freedom to worship God. Not controlled by the King of England. What do we Americans have today for which to be thankful? Well, all of those things and a whole lot more. Let's acknowledge that we live in the most blessed country that has ever existed. In a lot of ways, we have received more material blessings than any other society. We can be thankful that we are in a loving church that loves God and loves each other. These are tremendous blessings. And we could go on and on, and we should go on and on this week. As we near Thanksgiving, there's another verse that establishes the foundation of our Thanksgiving people of God. That is James 1:17. It's going to be on the screen. Meditate on these words. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. This proclaims every good thing that we have, that we had, or that we ever will have, comes from the same place, from God Almighty. Know that. That is the foundational rock on which we stand and from which we proclaim our thanks for all things. We express all gratitude. Now, when we stop to give thanks and try to think about things that we're thankful for, the material things often come quickly to mind. But let's today remember, orient our minds this morning as we go into Thanksgiving week on the more fundamental blessings that we have from God. The gifts from God that we've received from Him. And these are His gifts. And these gifts will never fade away, will never rot, will never rust. Thieves will not break in and steal these. We'll never lose them with a relationship. They will continue to bless us for all eternity. These are the fundamental gifts from God that we have as Christians, brothers and sisters. So we turn to our text now, the glorious Psalm 103 where King David recalls these foundational gifts by arousing the soul's focus on where it belongs. Look at the first two verses. This is critical how he begins this beautiful song, this poetic song. He says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. See, psalms are songs, and they are the music of the soul. And King David's first note here stirs and calls the soul to magnify the Lord and never forget his blessings, his benefits. Look how personal these words are. He's, He's telling his soul and all that's within him to arise. Had his soul been asleep? Is that why he's telling his soul to wake up? Well, possibly so, because... As we all know, spiritual, David understood this too, spiritual weariness and dullness, they'll set in 
They'll set in quickly. They'll overcome our soul unless we remain diligent in our soul's praise. So I hope that your soul is getting stirred today along with David's here. It's an intentional act to praise God. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Everything that will be written on the bingo cards came from God. Let's keep writing. May we not forget any of them. Remember all his benefits, David says. All of them. Always remember all of them. What a great start. And now King David dives into some of these fundamental eternal blessings like as unto a big bowl of Thanksgiving gravy. So let's dive in with him right now. King David is going to point out these eternal gifts which we richly receive in Jesus Christ. And as we enter the first stanza of this psalm, we're going to see them and unpack them one by one in verses 3 through 5. So point number one for our Thanksgiving week on your notes on the front side is let's thank God this week. Let's thank God for his gifts of forgiveness and healing. Let's meditate on this a little bit so we can be thankful. Arise, O our soul, and thank him. The first two benefits that he says in verse 3, talking about Almighty God who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases. Let's ask, what is iniquity? What does that word mean? Iniquity. Here's what it means. Iniquity is a beautiful word because it covers everything. It means our faults, our mischiefs, I like that, and all sin. We have all committed many faults, many mischiefs, and much sin. None of us is innocent against sinning against God. Let's see what a terrible condition humanity is in without Jesus. Here's what the counsel of the word says. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned. This is all of us. This is everybody. This is everybody in our family. This is everybody around us. We know that, but it's also us too. We've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And because of that, God's judgment is severe. Let's look at Revelation 20 just to hang over the edge of the fiery pit that God so goes to such great lengths to warn us about. Revelation 20, verses 14 and 15. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Our iniquities are a terrible thing. How can we escape this? Well, God speaks to that a lot as well. Let's bounce back to Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death, but the free, what is it? Gift. We're talking about gifts. The free gift of God is eternal life. And you can write that one down too. Here's your bingo sheet starting to fill in. And the free gift of God is eternal life. We're meditating on that in Christ Jesus our Lord. How can we escape sin, death, judgment from offending an eternal, almighty, holy God? How can we escape? God forgives them. He forgives them. How awesome is this? When we believe and turn to Jesus, he forgives. Forgiveness, what does that mean? It means that God has pardoned us. It's important for us to know that a criminal who is pardoned is not assumed innocent of the crime. No, he still committed or she committed the crime. They're just not going to be paying the penalty for it. That is awesome. 
he or she is set free from the penalty of the crime, and that's what God does for us. Sets us free. That's forgiveness. Bless the Lord who forgives all your iniquity. How much? You don't need to feel guilty and shame once you've received God's forgiveness. That's a beautiful thing. What gifts, what gifts, what gifts. Write those down so you can praise him this week when you ask him. Also for healing, he says, David says, who heals all your diseases. Now God gives forgiveness and he gives healing, though as Scripture clearly identifies, and I hope you're all paying attention to this, this is, gets a little bit tricky here. Scripture clearly identifies that he, gives all, he forgives all, he heals, but not the same way. Okay, follow me on this. Does God completely forgive in Christ? Yes, completely. Does God completely heal physically every time we ask in Christ? No. Again, tricky, but we can understand this. Here's what God does. The complete forgiveness through Christ glorifies Christ the most. It is the nature of Christ once we receive it. It's gone. But with sickness, physical sickness, which we pretty much fixate the most on, with often physical sickness and suffering, it's exactly what is accomplishing God's greater good. It can accomplish spiritual healing as it drives us to pray and others to pray, drives us to worship and trust. Like God told the Apostle Paul when he prayed, God, remove this thorn in my flesh, and he prayed it three times, and God finally answered. He said, no, that thorn is there so that you will learn. Who can finish that sentence? So that my, you will learn that my grace is sufficient. Very good. And so the physical healing wasn't the, uh, the greatest good to give, but it led to spiritual healing and strength. Glorifies God the most. But God's word also explains that when the iniquities are gone, when we've confessed our sins, and as we learn in the forgiveness series, when we've forgiven others, there is a direct effect often on our mental and emotional and physical healing as well. God is both the great righteous judge who forgives and he's the great physician who heals according to the best good. Talk to him. Praise him for this. Bless him, O oh my soul. But even while suffering in this present fallen world, we still have all the hope in heaven where that prayer will be answered for everyone, for all of us, will be re restored, made new, Physically as well, every disease, disability, injury, pain, and sickness will be gone for eternity. Hallelujah. We're all looking forward to that. This life is a vapor. It will be here soon. Make the most of every opportunity. My, I hope that that hope in all of us arouses our soul to praise God. First, for his gifts of forgiveness and healing, and we're just getting started. Let's go to verse 4.2. Let's thank God this week for his gifts of redemption and sonship. This just keeps getting better and better. It's unimaginable what we've received from God through Christ. Unimaginable. And King David writes this out in his song. He says, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. Let's break this down a little bit. That word redeemed is a, is a critical word for us to grasp. It is a slavery term. So I want you to picture the Im imagery of, in these ancient times. Here's a picture on the screen of ancient uh, Rome art. And slavery has been around 
from the beginning, and I want you to picture here, this theological term is picturing that of a slave block where people are bound, where you are bound in chains and up for sale, up for auction to the highest bidder. Spiritually, Satan was the highest bidder, buying and bonding and destroying us because he hates us. Why? Why does Satan hate us so much? Because we are made in the image of God, and he hates God. And he has bought us and bound us, and he owned us spiritually. But for God's gift of redemption, where he set us free, when we trust and receive his Messiah, Savior, his Son, Jesus, who bought us, who bought us with his blood shed on the cross. He died the death we deserve, and he turned us from being slaves of sin, slaves of Satan, slaves of death, slaves of judgment, all the way to being sons of God, receiving his full inheritance. Brothers and sisters, these gifts are amazing. Sons of God, sonship. What does that do with the, with the ladies here? All right, this is important for us to know. In all the ancient world, and in much of the world today, I have a Vietnamese friend who was the firstborn son. Guess what? He got all of his parents' inheritance. Now, he's like, I didn't even want that. I don't want the strained relationship with my brothers and sisters. But that's the key here, is we all receive that, whether we're sons, men, or women. I had a professor one time that said, ladies, you be okay with being part of the sons of God, and I'll be okay with being part of the bride of Christ, Okay. Got that? I loved it. We are the church, Jesus' bride, too. Metaphors, powerful metaphors. Wow, what God has given us in Jesus Christ. There's a story that's been told from Civil War days here in America, before America's slaves were freed, about a northerner who, who went to a slave auction in the south, and he purchased a young slave girl because he got this. He wanted to be like Christ. He purchased this slave girl, and as they walked away from the auction, the man turned to the girl and said, You are free. With amazement, she, she responded, you mean I'm free to do whatever I want? She's, he's, yes, he said. And to say whatever I want to say? Yes, anything. And to be whatever I want to be? Yep. And to go wherever I want to go? Yes, he answered with a smile. You're free to go wherever you'd like. And she looked at him and in, intently and replied, then I will go with you. And there's a great picture of God redeeming us and our choosing to go with him. He redeems us and crowns us with steadfast love and mercy. That crowning is, God, for God, the cleansing and the healing and redemption are not enough for such a God as ours. He goes much farther than that. He clothes us with, with King Jesus' righteousness, which David envisions here as God crowning his children crowning us with his gifts of grace, which are unquenchable love and mercy. Who's rejecting this, this God? I pray none of us are. As we consider this week, this Thanksgiving week, yeah, it's filled with busyness, and I, I believe that's an enemy, an attack from the enemy. And we need to rest, we need to relax, we need to meditate on these things and say to our soul, bless the Lord, O oh my soul. But as we consider what we're thankful for, 
Make sure these are the foundational ones, the fundamental thanks. These are the gifts that last for eternity. Complete forgiveness, healing, redemption, sonship, but there is still more. Let's go on to verse 5. Point number 3, let's thank God for his gifts of satisfaction and renewal. All these we've talked about already, you'd think, would naturally lead us to be satisfied people, and they do. Satisfaction. All humans chase satisfaction, but not all find In fact, nobody finds it apart from God. It's impossible to be fully satisfied apart from God. The best we humans can do as we chase it in other ways is to be temporarily satiated, which feels good for a time but leaves us empty as a result. And people chase and chase and chase to fill their soul. Oh, I pray the people we know and pray for and love will find it only in God through Christ. This verse here, verse 5, is one of the sweetest in the Bibles. In the Bible, it says, who satisfies you, who satisfies you with good. That is a complete satisfaction. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I see no one can destroy a true Christian's satisfaction, a Christian who's walking with God, who fully fears God and trusts God and worships God because it's God that satisfies, not the circumstances. So no circumstances can change that. And we've seen Christians in the worst of situations, torture and jail and sickness, giving glory to God, being fully satisfied because it's God that satisfies. But guess what? That's, you know, tough to do. Our flesh is strong. We're often worried and concerned. And I mean, all the people of God grumbled and complained all along the way in, in our Bibles. And we do the same thing. So guess what? God has that covered in the second part of verse 5. Whenever our satisfaction dips... Not by, not by anything he's done. He remains faithful, as we've sung today. But we don't. So when our satisfaction dips, guess what? Continual renewal is always available. And what is it like? It's like the eagle's youth. God gives this gift of renewal to the hurt, the broken, the downtrodden, anytime through Christ, this gift of renewal. And how does he picture it here? As the bird, which is the strongest, most fearless, most majestic, most soaring of them all. That's always available for us. Some of you might need that word right now. Be renewed. Be renewed. You've got to go to the word and hear God speak to your soul. And you'll be renewed by the trans transformed by the renewing of your mind. Romans 12. Here's what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, 16 and 17. Here's like an application to this point. So we do not lose heart. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, that's really honest, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Let me ask the people who are above, oh, let's say age 47 and above. Are our outer selves wasting away? Yes, they are. But how about our inner self? It can be renewed every day like the eagle's youth. Powerful. What a gift. A deepening relationship with God that deepens and gets stronger and sweeter even as our bodies get older and weaker. 
We get more confident. We get more at peace. We get more settled, more assured, and more joy as we follow Christ. God has blessed us with so much of these astounding gifts that transform us now and then that we carry into eternity. They're here. They're ours. God, our God, our almighty great God has given them to us, has offered them to us. Oh, he's so good. So how do we respond to him? Shall he crown us and we not crown him? And so, in response, I think it most fitting to end where we began. Never done this before, but I'm going to end my final point with the first two verses that we read today. Point four is let's give God our gift of blessing. Hebrew poetry, which the Psalms are virtually entirely filled with, Hebrew poetry is often circular. So it makes a point, goes on this beautiful journey, and comes back to make the original point even stronger. So let's try our hand at this, okay? We're going to end with the application with David's first two verses, verses 1 and 2. Let's read those again with this new light. Coming back to verses 1 and 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. See, when the Lord blesses us, he sees our needs and he responds to them. When we bless the Lord, we see his excellencies and and respond to them. How? What does that word bless mean? Definition is is key. So this word to bless is an all-encompassing act of adoration. It means to more than just praise him. It means to praise him to glorify him, to magnify him, to agree with him, to commit to him, to obey him. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Awesome. David is offering continuous adoration here, not just once or twice, not just on Thanksgiving week, not just when times are really good or really hard. This is continual blessing of the Lord that he's calling his soul to do. All that is within me, too. Not murmuring, grumbling, complaining, wandering away, but blessing the Lord routinely. His life was hard. Ours are too. This is a good way to conclude. Bless the Lord, O my soul. So here are some next steps to take with us today to make sure we have. Number one is salvation. Receive God's greatest gift. I mean, this is the greatest gift. We can go from spiritually dead to spiritually alive, enemies of God to sonship of God, and receive all of this and the mission of God to proclaim the goodness of Jesus. A pastor was reflecting recently on a man they knew. This man, he had money, he had fame, he had looks, he had anything and everything that this world has to offer, and none of it satisfied him. And that's why this stuck out to me. This pursuit of satisfaction everywhere other than God. He turned to alcohol to try to fill the emptiness that never subsided. Ultimately, he was found dead at 47 years old, interesting age, of alcohol poisoning at a cheap motel. Now, when recounting the story of his death, the Lord brought to mind to the, of the pastor the verse Matthew 16, 26, where we've recently journeyed ourselves. You might remember this verse. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? 
Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? If your soul isn't able to bless the Lord, it could be because you've never trusted the Lord and been given this new life. Today can be your day. Call on him and he'll answer because he's already done the work. He promises. He's faithful to his promises. This could be the day of your salvation. I gave my life to Jesus more than 40 years ago and I've been the recipients of God's gifts ever since. I have not always been thankful. I have not always cared much. But I have recently and we all need to as well. And I hope to continue to be someone, a child of his, that continuously thanks him, thanks him, thanks him. That's the good of Thanksgiving week, the opportunity that lays before us this week. Now, when we forget God's gifts, we spiral down. Be sure. Many of you can testify that as well. If you're not arousing your soul to praise God, to bless God, it's a spiral down. We know that. So next step number two, here's the direct challenge Recall God's gifts every day. When you don't, you can't lose your salvation, but sin takes over your life and eats away and destroys you. But thank God that he also heals along the way. Never forget these things for a moment, oh my soul. I never want to forget ever again. Now, after these personal spiritual applications comes one more for our community applications. That is, number three, participate with our church. And in these next few weeks, we have some of the most amazing things of the year to participate in. And I'm just going to ask you, challenge you, encourage you to participate in all of these. This is going to be like Sean's announcements. I'm just going to do them again with pictures, okay? And just hear my heart. People work hard for these. They are so good, so valuable. This is a ripe opportunity to bless the Lord together, O our souls. The first one, it all starts with prayer. Everything starts with prayer, and so we have a Christmas concert of prayer. Um, And before this, uh, it's in a couple weeks, December 4th, but we always do the Invest and Invite cards because we need to be praying for other people who have not received these gifts from God yet. So if you're sitting on on the middle of the aisle here, the middle aisle, or nearby it, would you reach down and grab these stacks? There's a big one and a small one. If you've been around, you remember these. Hopefully you remember them fondly because we've seen people come to, we've seen people come to faith in Christ that have been written on these cards. We have celebrated those. We need to, we need to get out some testimonies ready for, for tonight maybe. So here's the instructions. These are the people God has placed in my life who need to know and follow Christ. I will pray for them daily for the ne- these next two weeks or throughout the Christmas season and invite them to attend a Christmas service with me. Let's do this. Let's have resolve. Uh, you write the same thing on both cards and print your name. If you sign it in cursive, we can't read it most of the time. So print your name, right? You can write more than four if you want or less than four. Um, but you put the big card in the offering box on the wall and the small card you keep as a reminder to pray every day for these names. All right, go ahead. Pass those down. Fill them out. As you're filling out your bingo sheet, which we're just about to do. Again, we'll come together and pray over all these cards by name on December 4th. Uh, There's power in our corporate prayer for that, so make plans for that as well. Tonight, tonight, this very night at 5 o'clock in this room is our Thanksgiving threefold communion with the feast, of course. And it's testimony night, big, big testimony night. 
Uh, we've got some special plans tonight. Don't miss out. Come back, eat, enjoy, and it's great worship. Five o'clock to seven o'clock tonight right here. Advent season, that's Christmas season. Advent is another name for it. It means the coming of the Messiah. It begins next Sunday. So today's Thanksgiving theme, Thanksgiving for the gifts of God, carries right into our Advent series theme, which is Christmas gifts from God. And we're just going to keep unpacking these uh, through the Christmas events, the incarnation of God. There are more glorious gifts from God to celebrate, to orient our lives around. So that's going to be the theme for Advent series. And then also, it's the theme of this year's Christmas offering. This is the third year we've done a Christmas offering. And there's the header of the letter that you're going to receive this week. We'll get it mailed out. And it's going to tell you all about the five focus items for this year's Christmas offering. Exciting things uh, that God is leading us into in the future. So watch for those letters. If you don't receive one, that means we don't have your address. So if you don't think we have your address, go ahead and write that on your communication card and put it in the uh, offering box as well so we can be sure to mail and stay in touch with you. And finally... We've been announcing these two events. They're coming up this Saturday. This Saturday, uh, the Leading Your Child to Faith to Christ class. Sean's going to be teaching that here in this room from 9 to 10.30 this Saturday morning. And then that's for parents, grandparents, anybody who just wants to learn how to lead people to Christ. Great stuff, great material. Sean's a good teacher. Then at 10.30 in the fellowship hall, I and my team will lead an Advent wreath-making I'm not going to be doing the crafty part. That's the team. Uh, but then we're also going to be doing the first session in this book, our Advent devotional book, which we're going to sell as every year out in the Resource Center that I highly recommend. I haven't found anything better for, for all ages, all family, Christmas time focus. Fantastic guide. And we're going to do the first session of it together as a group this Saturday morning. It will be a special and very fun time together. Now, I'm going to call up two lovely volunteers to do the moment you've all been waiting for. Get the prize for the Thanksgiving bingo. So it was good. It's just going to be Sophie at first. Now three of you can cut. Then it was two. Now it's three. Okay. Come on up. They have their instructions. Get your pens ready. When you get five in a row, have, have you all played bingo before? I don't play it much, but it sure is exciting. We're going to give one of these books to the winner, the first person who gets five in a row and yells bingo. We'll be watching. We'll be watching for ties. We're going to see that who say, whoever says it first. Okay, they're going to read something in no particular order that we've covered today or maybe some other big blessings that you've written down, like family, kids, food, that kind of thing. They have a master list up here. Are you ready with your pens? Who's going to be the winner from this service Go ahead, wait three seconds, and read the next one, and repeat. Go for it, Cash. Abundant harvest. Abundant harvest. Who got that? Cross it off. Hope. Very good. Freedom to worship. Are they going too fast? Oh, got to be louder, Hannah. Say it again. Freedom to worship. Freedom to worship. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Home. Home or hum? Home. A home, yes, good. Satisfied. Satisfaction. Nice and loud and clear. Okay. A loving church. A loving church. That was in there. 
Holy Spirit. You did that one already. Oh, whoops. Do another one. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Kids. Kids. Healing. Slow down a little bit. Healing. Redemption. Redemption. Kids. I, I just said that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Sophie. <laughs> so what did you guys not do? What did you do? Maybe we should cross them off. Jesus. Again. Jesus is a good one. Bless God. That we can bless God. Protection. Protection. Family. Family is good. Oh, people are getting close. Keep going. We did say forgiveness, yes. Bingo, Amber. Somebody go run that back to Amber. Way to go. All right, go ahead and have a seat. Thank you. Assistance. Let's pray.